Hola, bienvenidos. You're listening to Developing. My name is Chanel, and I'm on a mission to make those bland and boring topics into something more exciting and interesting. <laughs> Hola a todos. This is Carol. I'm embarking on a mission to empower young women and young girls to have a dignified menstrual cycle and realize their full potential. Yes, and just a disclaimer, we are not totally experts, but I the more we talk, the more I realize we know more than we think we know, I think. And Carol, you for sure know more um, because of the, you're, you're there on the ground, you know, you're there seeing things, hearing people's stories. But still, this is just a small part of the world, a, you know, very specific region. Um, and so there's some things that maybe don't apply somewhere else. And maybe if we generalize, we're only human and we are also learning along with you, the listener. Um, so yeah, I'd like to say that um, this is an evolving podcast about an evolving project. And we're so happy you're here for the ride. Hi, Carol. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. It's a very cold morning here in Bogota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to the technology, we get to do this yes. from two very different places, um, yes. which is not ideal. It would be nice to be in person, you know, oh, and yeah. have that real contact. Uh, yeah. But it's fine. Like, after yeah. almost two years of this virtual world, I guess it's just a new normal, unfortunately. But it yeah. works right you are in dallas i'm in bogota but we are still connected and that's the most important thing yeah i i hope and i see in the future i see us recording in person um that would be great but yeah i mean it works for now um and i think this was actually something that people were doing even before the pandemic because right before the pandemic hit i was actually recording a podcast with another really good friend of mine that podcast never went out just because just didn't (laughs) but but i was using zoom before zoom was a thing my friend knew about zoom before it and i was like oh what is this um but yeah so um today we are talking about social media i have some feelings i have a lot of feelings on social media um and i have a lot of feelings especially on like social projects than um what's the word activism mm-hmm. um and so we can talk about that but we also i i think it can be i think with social media and, and of course like people are are posting just to show off i think like their lives and whatever but when you get into like um a, a projects like this where people are posting about these projects or even about like social movements i question how how far it goes and how deep it can go and i question because i i know i for sure just repost something and then go on with my life Mm -hmm. um but i've also been on the side where i create content um and like this you know we're creating content that's gonna be basically marketed on social media so 
Um, but I know that's also been great for you and for other um, organizations. I'm sure it's been really helpful. But yeah, I, st I still question it. I still question how much of it actually is helpful. And then when you actually just need people to actually help you and, and support, mm -hmm. you know, you and other organizations instead of just like reposting. Um, in my handy dandy book, there's just a small section where it talks about social media being a catalyst for social action and how it can facilitate, um, you know, online women's online organizations. Um, and it can help move movements from just the local into beyond that. Um, and overall, almost anywhere in the world, women are more active in social media than men, which is a really interesting point. So, yeah, Carol, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> just like you have many, many feelings about social media, right? So mm -hmm. for the longest, I and I know Facebook is not relevant anymore, or at least it's not what it was, I don't know, five, mm -hmm. even three, four years ago. Um, but for, for like a long time, I decided to stop using my Facebook account, especially when I came back from Madagascar, because it was just a lot. It was, you know, mm. you're bomb constantly bombarded by all this. It was like, I cannot. And for the longest, I was like, you know what? I'm fine. I really don't need social media. I can live life without it. Um, until last year when I started creating Las Fuertes and I needed to do crowdfunding, right? Like I needed to get my seed money to get this started. And I was like, how am I gonna do this? Everybody's like, you know, like far away. Like I don't have a very strong um, social network here in Colombia because I was long, I was gone for so long. So basically yeah. I have my family and a couple of friends here and there. But I will say like most of the people that are kind of, uh, that could potentially, as support this program or like this project was far away so I was like there is no other way for me to connect yeah unless I use Facebook so I had to reactivate that account which was very painful at the beginning <laughs> I was like oh my god I cannot believe I'm doing this um and then when things start getting you know a little bit of movement um it was a matter of when not if I was mm. gonna get an Instagram account, you know. It, it, yeah. it, it was impossible not yeah. to. Yeah, um, you just have to. You just have to. And I'm not an Instagram person. <laughs> I just don't don't like. I I kind of like it, but it's so hard to create content. You know, you have to yeah. be super creative and have all these skills, which I personally don't have. Because one thing is to have your personal account when you're just posting pictures of you, like yeah. doing whatever. But when it's it comes to like an account that has a little bit of more um, like a purpose, you know, like a more specific purpose, then you do have to have certain skills to like do the graphic designing and the copy mm -hmm. and all that. So I, at the be very beginning, I, I actually had to uh, look for somebody uh, to do my Instagram because mm -hmm. I just, I just couldn't. And actually since the beginning, I've always had volunteers that manage the um, Instagram account. Um, so I think I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to the bright side. I don't want to go on the dark side of <laughs> social dark, yeah, media there, yeah. <laughs> and it can go very, very bad. Yeah. So, uh, after opening our Instagram account, you know, and, uh, growing on a, growing a community is not easy. And mm -hmm. I, I still question until this day, you know, how much 
all those numbers really reflect on what you do yeah. right so yeah. i don't know how many followers we have say we have like 1200 out of 1200 i still question okay 1400 we have 14 okay yeah. <laughs> um i still question a lot about like what does that number mean to us specifically to las fuertes and sometimes i get very frustrated and sometimes i get very surprised because it's always better not to have any expectations and unfortunately when you do have mm. some you get crushed very easily right yeah. so for example um back in i want to say september or august we did a raffle um to gather some funds right so we created this uh, like the media or like the you know like the content we had these prices and because we had this at, at that point i think we have like 1200 so we're like oh we have 1200 maybe we can sell around 300 tickets mm. um and that was not the case it was really hard really really wow. hard to get people to buy yeah. the tickets so and at that very moment i very much questioned what mm. these followers actually translate into yeah. when you're doing this kind of work right and there's a very specific uh example i don't know if this happens to other people i'm just talking about you know my very own experience mm. so when that happened i was like very um sour about what is the actual meaning of followers and to have uh, an instagram account yeah which are um, valid those are valid questions I think right yeah I yeah because in person if you have 14 or 1200 people in a room you know supporting your um organization that's different you know but in social media it's people just follow almost I want to say mindlessly like Mm -hmm. I know I the thing is I'm not judging people I'm just saying what I've done and I know I followed mindlessly sometimes mm-hmm. and then i have to go back and really think do i even care about this and sometimes i'll stop on following things yeah and yeah of course i'm not judging either because yeah. that's what social media has done to us right like we we start just like clicking everything and then at the end it's like am i really admiring and like really absorbing this content just because mm. i'm really interested or it's just because it's there and i'm supposed to you know but i think that's mm. Oh, no. And that <laughs> and that that you're supposed to, I think, like you're supposed to like um, organizations like this because you have this identity. Maybe I'm a feminist. Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to con- connect with all of these, you know, or like I want. And, and that's a big, I think, a topic that we really, you know, maybe we can just brush on it. But it, something to think about is people want to look good and repost and you know show a badge of honor like look i'm supporting Mm -hmm. this organization by reposting but again it it comes back to what is that how does that even translate to real to you and the actual real Mm -hmm. work you're doing in on the field yeah yeah so with this raffle example that was the very first time that i truly kind of questioned uh, the followers right mm. like what is the meaning behind that however 
going to a brighter side yeah. you know <laughs> there has been other examples where i'm like wow without instagram i couldn't really do anything right like there mm. is no way for this project to keep going if it wasn't for social media so for example just recently um i actually just came back from the island so today we're recording on december the 11th i went to the island on the second and this was a very short trip i only had like three main things that i wanted to accomplish one of those was to go there and sell uh, secondhand clothes that was in very good condition for many reasons and i'm just going to mention it very quickly um in the island it's really hard for people to purchase affordable clothing you know that is not mm. like brand or like even not really branded but it's still expensive plus you have to add the transportation cost which is really high if they don't want to buy in the island then they have to go somewhere else it's just like it can be it can be very very expensive a lot of people in the island really don't have the funds to do that so my idea i actually copied this from a person that i know who works in another project on the coast like it's a town basically uh, direct uh on the opposite side of the island on the actual continent um so basically this is what she does every so often in her project and she's able to uh, get a lot of funding uh, doing this kind of uh, sell and I I reach out to her because I can't we have spoken a couple of times and I, I said I'm just gonna copy your idea and she said yes go ahead so anyway so one it was a way for us to um, alleviate this 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 uh, I don't know need this need of people because people need clothing right mm-hmm. uh, and a very affordable price uh, and then a way for us to get some funding because we need some funding to uh, remodel the place that we use for our meetings and mm-hmm. like workshops. And then third, to give life to clothing that is still in very good shape, mm-hmm. but most people would just... That is not being used. It's yeah. being used, yeah, it's just being wasted. Mm-hmm. Wasted whether it's just in a drawer or, you know... On the ocean. <laughs> exactly. So... When we came up with this idea, I wasn't really sure how much stuff we were going to get. And even though we only popped, like we had it up for like maybe not even two weeks. And I was able to collect a lot of items. And mm. it was a really good thing. Like the campaign was successful in the island as well. I got some good funding. Um, enough to make, I had to start making some changes. Mm. And... And that's when I was like, okay, yes, I guess these followers, like, you know, maybe I could have got so much more stuff, but it was like, okay, when you do comment and then you have to constantly be posting, 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 but people do show up in certain locations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like two very uh specific examples about using social media for funding which i don't know if social media is like the best way to go but is there so i'm just gonna keep using it (laughs) i think Um, social media is the the best way i think it's like the way you market now everything basically yeah and then um social media has also been so good to us in so many other ways um Unfortunately, obviously, all projects depend on money, right? So we are always finding ways mm-hmm. to like do this because it's not easy when you are um, self-funded and always trying to see who is willing to give you a penny here and there. But it also, like a project cannot go on unless you have a really good support system. 
whatever that translates to, right? Mm. So is you have, I guess in my case, my first support system is my whole family. And then my friends that are very close to me and people that I have met throughout the years. And then social media has become, has become, has become like a support system of getting to know people virtually that are very alike in the way mm. that I think. Yeah. And then I make these connections with people that I would have never met otherwise. And because of those connections, things are starting to happen, right? So, for example, I think right before I went to the island, these two women from Argentina contacted us because they follow us. And they were like, hey, like we want to talk to you guys. And they always think that we are a big team. <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> uh, and... um. And so uh, one of the volunteers that I have that uses the account, she was like, hey, Carol, like somebody texted you. Because um, sometimes they reply and sometimes I reply. But anyways, um, they they want to know if you are willing to have a, a call with them, with these two Argentinian women, because they want to start doing like similar workshops for girls mm. in their hometown in Argentina. And that's so surprising, right? Like I would have never... Cause I, I always say I'm not an expert. This this project is still like you just said in the intro, it's an evolving project. So I'm always learning something every single day. I learn yeah. something. Um, but the fact that somebody contacted me just because they think that I'm some kind not an expert, but I do have some experience doing this. I, th- uh, I think yeah. you. I don't want you to undersell yourself. <laughs> I usually you do. have you have a master's in public health like people she has a master's in public health you know there's people in government getting paid ninety thousand dollars for for the use of that master's so the end they're considered almost you know an expert in a way so I think you are to an extent and, and you're at the local level you're in the grassroots level you talk to the people you mm-hmm. have firsthand information um, you know, you are an expert. I think maybe, you know, the, the point of our disclosure and the point of just saying we're not experts is because people, again, with social media are so quick to cancel. Yeah. <laughs> They're so quick to, if we don't have something correct or if we make a mistake, not that it doesn't, ha- it has not happened to us, but it has happened to people. Right. You know, um, there's, there's a lot of very young people following you know, things on social media and very idealistic people with good intentions that if something goes bad, they're like, no, this is, you know, they want to cancel it because they want to only deal with um, people that are doing good or, or for many reasons. But mm-hmm. the reality of life is that we not no one knows what we're doing. Exactly. No, nobody knows what we're doing. And if you think people know what they're doing, they're lying. They're and so, it. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I think it's more for giving us grace. But you, I think it's a testament that they're reaching out to you to, um, you know, help them. And I think you should charge them. <laughs> I think you should charge them because you're consulting. So that's why I said companies, you can, we can consult with you. You can come and give us some money and we can tell you how to work on your projects. But, but yeah, that's my, that's my tangent, but I don't, I don't, I think don't, don't sell yourself short. And I do that too. I myself do that. We can mm-hmm. talk about, and we've talked about how I think 
we don't feel like we're doing the right thing or worthy or enough and and all of that and it can come to maybe because that's like our internalized i don't know like um misogyny maybe even but i guess yeah yeah but um we we are doing not not everyone's doing what you're doing and not everyone's doing what i'm doing so we have skills and, and background but okay sorry go on it's okay yeah I, I and i appreciate that you say that that i shouldn't undersell myself and that's something i tend to do pretty much on a daily basis and it's really yeah. hard not to but uh going back to social media and not underselling myself <clears throat> thanks to social media and you know the content that we create even though right now it's a little bit slow because having finding somebody that is willing to give their time and the skills to be the designer behind the account is really hard uh and i go back again about like the commitment of these followers because mm. a lot of people are like yeah i want to help and then when they actually the opportunity actually shows up is like nobody's knocking that door they just want to yeah. say it but um because of social media you know like i'm, I'm gonna say this little story <laughs> right before i after i came back from my work in panama i a friend of mine contacted me and she's like hey carol like i know about this fellowship it's called acumen a-c-u-m-e-n i think is spelled uh, it's a fellowship uh, for leaders you know like people that are making changes and they want to have some kind of activism in very different fields and i look at the um, i look at I look at the application oh and i was like there is nothing i can show for it you know like the application was very competitive and at that time i had just come back from panama i was out of work i didn't have anything going on mm. fast forward three years i was contacted by a recruiter i think sometime maybe around june or something i was contacted by a recruiter from acumen who somehow found about us on instagram and he thought i could be a good fit um so he called me right and i'm like wait what you actually think i i could be a potential candidate for the fellowship and he did he did he said yes so it was it is a very difficult it's not very difficult it's just that you really need to to apply from the bottom of your heart you really need to research your soul and your intentions <laughs> yeah in order to apply for this i was like okay so i did i far i passed the first round and then i was able to get to the second phase unfortunately i didn't get the fellowship but uh the recruiter did say that it, and most of the candidates have to apply at least twice before they get in so yeah just for me that they reach out to me and they are like you can be a, a good candidate i was like okay and you know three years mm -hmm. ago i had nothing going on and then three years later um you know they're this happened they, they're reaching out and yeah. this is because social media right because they found yeah. and you know whatever content we had like they thought it was a good option um and then along those lines um i'm pretty sure most people are familiar with change.org the platform where you can create certain campaigns to get some some kind of activism going on any kind of field so because of social media i have met this woman who lives in cartagena i think she's friends with this other woman who works for change.org here in colombia oh, cool. um and they started like this was the first year they started something called um 
women that change the world. I think that's that's how it is, like the branding. Um, in Spanish, would be ellas que cambian el mundo. Um, mm. And it's the first time they do it here in Colombia, but it's been a campaign that they have done, or like a program, I should say, that has been going on for like about seven years, somewhere in Asia and Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so this woman from change.org reached out to me saying, hey, we have this program, uh, you know, you should check it out. Maybe you like it and you can apply because they only have like 25 spots or 35 spots. And I was like, okay. So I got in, I actually, I was able to do the, the program. It was like a seven week thing. We met like uh, on a weekly basis on Thursdays and sometimes on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, I'm supposed to create an, an, an like a campaign on change.org. We finished this past week. I haven't done my account, my, my campaign, I have to do it. But it was a wonderful experience, you know? It was awesome to hear all these women working in so many different fields here in Colombia, like well, trying to yeah. make a little bit of change in a country that is in a very rough spot right now. And it was very inspiring because it's really hard to lose the inspiration sometimes. It's really hard to, yeah. it's really easy to to feel a little burnt out and feel like yeah. what it is that I'm actually doing here. But when every Thursday when we met with these women, because they have panelists and then, you know, like all the, like the other participants, they always have something to say on it. was so empowering and so powerful that I was like, okay, I, I do think that I'm doing something right. And obviously none of those things would have happened if it wasn't for our account in Instagram. And yeah. I'm just going to say it straight up. Yeah, because it's also you're marketing your I like you're marketing the organization, but in a way it's an extension of you. So you're marketing yourself. Exactly. So they can reach out. To and you. even LinkedIn, even though LinkedIn is, mm-hmm. a, I guess, a, a more professional setting, you know, where I don't know, it's more about your job and all this. Like, I don't know, obviously the content that you put in LinkedIn is very different from what you will do in Instagram or even Facebook. But LinkedIn has also been like a very good resource for me to show mm-hmm. at least what who what am I doing as the founder of this project, right? Like yeah. for people to see that there is things happening. Um, I mean, is is not like a lot of like likes and stuff like that, which doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I guess it gives me a sense of validation, you know, when some mm-hmm. random person that doesn't really know who I am, like writes like a little comment or even a like, is like kind of validation, uh, yeah. which again is a little bit, um, what is the word that I'm looking here? Because I'm always questioning, you know, you know like followers and your mm-hmm. friends online or whatever and like, how much value those likes actually have. But mm. here I'm saying, I truly appreciate those likes. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I think it, it becomes, if you have enough likes, you know, like, like I'm thinking of social media influencer, mm-hmm. if they have enough followers and enough likes, then it becomes their job. And they like the money that they can make from, campaigns or from partnerships is enough to sustain them but i think it you know it has to kind of come to a certain point right so be in in how many out of all those people that you know follow of someone that has like millions of followers how many of those um actually like buy the products and stuff so yeah i think yeah it's it's definitely the best social media is the best way to market i think period mm-hmm. it's just the best way because no no one's watching tv anymore um 
maybe like billboards but that costs millions i'm sure millions yeah. <laughs> you know so then it's on your it's your phone it's in your pocket and so it's just a tool that we just have to use for our own good but yeah like this social media world is so ambivalent and so like you know it can be so good and so bad at yeah. the same time yeah and when you were mentioning about like posting on social media right like right before when we started this conversation um about like how people pose just to show what you're doing mm -hmm. i'm more talking about like a personal account yeah but i do see i have a lot of problem when people use social media for advocacy uh or like you know um for the good quote unquote, unquote mm. but they're actually just showing that they are like again like the honor badge right mm -hmm. so i really it's hard for me sometimes to post certain things because i don't want people to believe that it's just a, a honor badge mm -hmm. that we are like patting ourselves in the back and saying oh we're doing all this yeah because unfortunately i have come across some some projects or like some accounts on instagram that mm -hmm. they sell themselves mm -hmm. as very feminist and like very advocacy But at the end of the day, it's just like a marketing campaign for them to get money. Mm. And it's not like, no, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard not to, like, the, it's a very blurry line, right? Where the, the, the content that you're posting, especially when I'm posting pictures with my participants. Yeah. It's like, ah, sometimes it's like, I do need to show that we're working with these participants, right? Yeah. Like, this is, uh, these are my girls and they are making this possible. But at the same time, I feel like I don't want I don't want to use them as a product yeah. to get more mm -hmm. likes. So it's like mm -hmm. it's very hard to find that line yeah. of what is the intention of this post, what is the intention behind this picture, right? Yeah. Um, but I think at the end of the day, as long as you're doing it with honesty and yeah. with the actual good intention, I mean it is what it is yeah. and some and, people don't do it like that but and i mean i think it's it's all a game really like it's all a game that we just have to learn how to play because there's many other organizations that are get requesting people's money requesting people's time so what makes you know las fuertes not worthy of that you know nothing you know and so yeah i i but i hear you and i, I think about that too i think about Um, where's that line? Where, where do you cross that line? Um, yeah. So I want to ask you now, kind of on a different, from a different point of view, do you? What are your thoughts, or how do you see social media affecting like your participants or women in the island or the culture? Um, from that book earlier, I I read that women are mostly using social media more than men. Mm -hmm. um, And there's all these studies, I'm sure, that you can we can find on, like, how it affects mental health, self-image, body image. Um, and even me, I find myself feeling inadequate. Like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not where I'm supposed to be, you know, when, when I shouldn't feel that at all, mm -hmm. you know. So what are your thoughts on that, on, on how it's affecting uh, people personally, especially the girls? Yeah. So... Uh, a few months back, we have uh, an, an, an special guest that came from an organization called Geek Girls. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? 
Good Girl something. I'm sorry, I forgot. I, I completely blacked out on the name. But anyways, they are an organization that inspires young women to follow careers in the STEM fields, right? Oh, yeah. um, and she came to us. Uh, it was just one day. I wasn't at the, in the island at the time, but like she came in and had a workshop with the girls. And she, it was very brief, but uh, she showed them that you know, internet is more than just Facebook and TikTok. Oh and yeah. Any other social media, mm. they, they read and YouTube. Basically, that's what they use it for. They they don't know it can be like a research tool to mm. advance yourself in school. Um, if you want to learn something, you know, there is multiple apps. And after that <clears throat> workshop, I start looking more into how they use social media right like it's not like i'm doing a study or anything it's just basic observation when i go to the island and i start noticing that tiktok is becoming this huge mm. thing yeah especially among i i'll say among all ages but especially among the age very young girls most of my girls are constantly on tiktok <clears throat> and i actually had to ban it from the time we spend together mm, yeah. they are not allowed and not, it's not like they have phones every just a few of them have phones um but sometimes they use mom's phones dad's phones whatever mm. phone is available and if they have some uh credit some data to use it they are on it yeah and they are constantly 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 using tiktok um and i have started to notice that some girls and I'm not a psychologist. I don't know any behavioral, you know, like mental problems. But it's very obvious that some of these girls eventually are going to have really bad mental issues. Mm -hmm. And I say this because sometimes just when I'm like visiting people, chatting with my local mom or whatever, I see there is two girls in, in particular that whenever they go and run, around, uh, run errands, you know, like they are going to the store or whatever, they are constantly dancing as if they were doing a TikTok mm. and they don't have the phones in their hands. Uh -huh. They're just going up and down, moving like they were in a TikTok video. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's not normal. You know, I, I don't think it's normal that you are going up and down the streets doing the same choreography <laughs> over and over and over again. And whenever this, there is a window or something that they see their reflection on, yeah. again, they're doing it. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is that because they don't have the knowledge about how to properly use social media, they are doing some dances mm. that are very sexually explicit. And because, you know, it's the coast and it's warm, you know, unfortunately, it's a community. And it's not only the island, it's the whole region, you know, like the coast region mm. is hyper-sexualized. Hyper, hyper yeah. Um, so some of these movements and I, i'm not i love dancing like i'm not trying to be like oh it's because she doesn't know like dancing or whatever i love dancing and I'm, i can appreciate a good choreography from like a very dirty one but it's not normal that like a five or six or seven year old girl yeah you know is moving their hips as if they were 30 years old yeah um and people don't see it as a problem yeah you know so i can hear people saying what about women empowerment and feminism and they do what they want with their bodies and sexual that's liberation. fine 
<laughs> when you are a grown up yeah. and you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like I have no problem with women twerking or pole dancing. Yeah. If that's what they chose to do and they enjoy themselves, that's fine. I don't give a damn. Yeah. But I have a problem when we are hypersexualizing a five, ten, from five to eleven years old. Mm. They are so hypersexualized, you know. Yeah, already. And they don't see a problem with it yeah. already. Yeah. And they don't see it as a problem. Mm. But then they don't want their their little girl to be in a relationship with an older man. Or they don't want to see that girl. And I'm not saying there is a direct connection. But if they are super hypersexualized at this young age, yeah. why can't they expect, right? Yeah. So this last time, this past week that I was in the island, I had to have a very strong conversation with my participants because they still don't understand it. Like, I, I continuously tell them, like, I don't mind if you do TikTok, it's fine, but don't do it all day. Yeah. Take five minutes and that's it. Or like, like use your brain for something else. Mm. And then I was very specific about the dancing portion of it because I have one, her name, she's nine years old. She's very tiny, like her frame is very tiny. So she looks a little bit younger. And I saw her dancing. I was like, oh my God, like, no, <laughs> I did. So I was like, oh, I have them in the group. I was like, okay, guys. So when you dance, like you're dancing, right? What do you think men think about you when you're doing mm. that? And that's and the they reality. Were silent yeah. for a second yeah and they were silent for a second and they didn't want to say anything and i was like do you guys think that they think good things about you <laughs> or they start imagining bad things and they were like yeah maybe they start imagining bad things so i you know i had like a, this very strong conversation yeah. but very real and i don't know how much is going to go through their heads i don't know if they are going to change the, 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 the behavior yeah. or at least be more conscious about what kind of dances they are doing especially in public mm -hmm. but i had to say it because it is driving me nuts yeah. and i see it every day um and the dancing uh part like dancing thing in the island like i know you know it's like caribbean and like you know the heat and like people are very expressive through their bodies which yeah. i have not a problem with that yeah but to me the problem comes in when people are drinking around children mm. and it's one two three in the morning and these children are still out and about mm -hmm. nobody's taking care of them there is all kinds of drunks drunk people around and things yeah. can happen very very quickly yeah you know yeah and after hearing so many stories of abuse and and rape and all that is like i have like if i can protect one of my participants for being a victim I'm going to do whatever. And this may sound a little bit extremist to some people. Yeah. Oh, how can you compare like TikTok to violence and rape? It's like, I think there is a very thin line. Mm. Or at least from what I've seen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there is anybody conducting um, uh, a study in this, mm. but I, I do kind of see a connection there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think of the context of the country that uh, of Colombia, like the country you're talking about, is different than maybe someone that's listening in the States. In the States, things are more liberal, people are more kind of open, but at the same time, I think there's not that many repercussions for dancing mm. sexually explicit like that, especially if you're, you're young. 
but in in other parts of the world that you know just there's you're more vulnerable maybe not just dancing maybe you know just as a as a child as a woman you're just more vulnerable Mm -hmm. so there's that context and i think you know i think that there's validity to being concerned and wanting to be more um what's the word conservative with the girls because Mm -hmm. you're it's yeah again they're just so much more vulnerable you just have to just be more careful it's kind it's nature of life it's not fair and it's Mm -hmm. not ideal but it's just the facts of life and then something else what was i gonna say oh and then um social media even like music videos and movies sex sells so they're gonna you know what's more popular i mean there's these like social media influencers and even like okay we don't okay we don't even have to think about tiktok we can think about like britney spears when she was super young and she was hyper sexualized to sell mm-hmm. or like other you know um artist or just people like i know i remember billy eilish which i don't know do you know who that is billy eilish yeah yeah i know who so that is, yeah she um there was a photo of her that was from the paparazzi out there that she didn't like want to be taken where she was wearing like a spaghetti uh-huh. strap shirt and you can see like her body you can see her body kind of out there um and we forget she was a child. She was like 16, 17. Like, but, and people hypersexualized her. And I think that's my theory that that's why she wears big clothes. Big clothes. So that yeah. they won't, people don't have the opportunity. She's not letting people, you know, do that. Um, and again, you can't compare Billie Eilish, a millionaire artist in the US, <laughs> to, you know, um, other people around the world that are just not on that level of privilege. But it's the fact, you know, your sex is selling at, with these dances, with these TikTok dances. And that's why a lot of influencers become famous because they can be, they're just the right num- like amount of sexualized, you know. Um, so it's kind of the fact. It doesn't, doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound pretty. And I think, yeah, if you have to be more conservative, for the good so that these girls have choices later in their lives then mm-hmm. you know um yeah and, and you know best because you're on the ground you, and you know the context i think um maybe not we don't know fully and, and we'll, we can go, always go back to that conversation we don't know we're not experts but we <laughs> we're we do know something we're not just like talking out of our butts with no context so exactly mm. yeah yeah and now that you are mentioning, I'm just going to mention this very briefly about, you know, sex and how sex sells and, you know, disability of having access to any anything on your phone in your pocket mm-hmm. um, is creating another thing that I'm like, and I'm sure this is a huge issue everywhere. But because the context of the island is so small, I can see it is so straight in my eyes that it's really hard not to have a lot of feelings and emotions. Um about the access the easy access to porn mm. um yeah you know so like these kids are barely getting any an education because some of these are not even going back to school yet they have full access to all kinds of porn mm. and their sexual lives are being shaped by what they see in porn you know 
Yeah. Which again can become a full episode on itself. And I don't know much about it because I haven't talked to anybody, but I have seen how and I've heard stories about kids very, very young watching porn Hmm. somewhere in the island just because they have it and parents are not paying attention. And that's another concern when it comes to social media, you know, because I'm pretty sure this content is not like in a very hidden website. It's probably Mm. somewhere very easy to find. Wow. So yeah. yeah, like social media has been awesome to us mm-hmm. in many, many ways, but it's impossible to hide how it can be damaging when you don't know how to use it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I had I had made the choice of use social media in a way that is benefit to Las Fuertes. Um but the reality of things is that most a lot of people don't don't do that and especially in, in a context where like in the island where people don't don't know much about yeah. many things. They don't know much about what happens outside the island. And yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a very complicated issue. Yeah, um, I'm sure we can continue this and we, we will have many other conversations about this. Yeah, do you have any last words? I, I don't, I think I'm, I, I don't know if I do. Do you have any last comments i think the last words will say for people that are using social media for whatever um if you're using for advocacy or like following certain accounts yeah do it for the right reasons right like if you're doing for advocacy just don't leave it on a post or on a share Mm. thing you know if for example if you're I don't want to give a specific example, but say you're following something about LGBT plus rights and, you know, next day is going to be a protest. Go and join the protest. Mm -hmm. Don't just simply keep sharing on social media because, yes, it does help. Yeah. But the action in real life is what counts. Um, And when you do follow certain accounts, do it because you truly... um, I don't know how to put it like you truly believe what they're like the content they are putting and just don't follow it just because it's something that you're supposed to be following you know yeah like don't contaminate yourself with a lot of content just because this is what we have been taught for the last 10 plus years that social media we're just constantly bombarded with messages and it's like oh I have to follow this and I have to follow that and I have to Mm -hmm. follow that and at the end of the day you don't do anything right yeah so whatever use your giving to social media just do it just do it for the benefit of whoever yeah if it's for your own benefit or for the benefit of and i know you know some social media just for fun and just to spend some time and just kill time whatever which is fine i'm not saying it's not yeah um but you know, use your time wisely. Yeah. Use it time and like uh, with intention wise. too, right? Like, with intention. Yeah, like, yeah. What is what is you know? Put your intention. Uh Because um, like I saw briefly the other day, there was this video uh, somebody posted. It's again on social media. <laughs> um, it was like a video made. Like they did some research, uh, like a Spaniard company or something, and they kind of study how many how many hours people are spending on their phones, right? Like connecting and doing all this thing. And how much time they are actually spending in person, like real contact with the people that are very close to them. And very briefly, so for example, these friends, um, they only see each other like twice a year, but they spend so many hours 
on their phones doing whatever and so mm. at the end of the video he says oh how much time do you think you still have with this person right and you'll say oh i have years right mm. but when because they did a study they say oh you with this person at the rate that you have seen him or seen her you have like six days wow <laughs> yeah and then but you still use like 200 plus amount of hours or 300 whatever looking at the screen so mm, yeah i think it comes down to that you know yeah yeah that's interesting because that kind of it morphs your idea of like connection like me and you are connecting and i think maybe it's different because we're actually having conversations and and you know but it's not the same as like being in person and and it wouldn't mm -hmm. be the same if we were just liking each other's posts on Instagram, you know, like, and that's something I also think about, like, how many of these people are actually my friends? Two, probably, you know, like five, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that if, if I was to, to delete my Instagram, how many of these people would I know their life? Mm -hmm. Like maybe five out of like, I don't know how many, you know, I follow or follow me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's an interesting topic. And, and something I wanted to mention before we go to is, um with like resharing i i know that there's a lot of conversation there was at least last year like don't just reshare like talk about these things with other people in your life because um reposting and, and sharing things in your social media is kind of like sharing it in a vacuum it's kind of like with the same people that maybe have the same like thinking or mm -hmm. you know and so it's does it doesn't have the same effect as if you were to like talk to someone about it in person or talk to like someone that doesn't know anything about the subject so i think about that too but <sighs> we can go in deep um do you have any last minute any last words again <laughs> no i think that's it <laughs> okay well um i hope that like this you know it, it gave some insight to people about social media um yeah these topics are very interesting because they're very timely um it's things that are happening now as we speak we're talking you know we're still trying to figure out how to market you know how do you market something you really care about for example mm -hmm. here it's las fuertes um and how much of that actually becomes tangible manpower and dollars i think it's yeah. you know actual valid questions so thanks everybody for listening um if you like the show you can always subscribe you can leave a review you can share with friends on social media <laughs> so you can talk to your like colleagues about it i guess you know you can tell your work colleagues you can tell your family um, if you're at a book club, you can tell your book club friends about it and you can also share it on your social media. So that's the option. Um, and you can donate too. You don't have to share it on social media, but if you want to donate, that's helpful. Um, yeah. remember that the dollars that you donate translate into Colombian pesos, which is a huge amount. Um, yeah. so you can support Las Fuertes and you can find the GoFundMe link and the social media and the show notes. Um, and you can also find my contact info in the show notes if you want to hire us for something. <laughs> um, and yeah, mil gracias to you, Carol, and to everybody listening. Um, and catch us on the next episode. Bye.